This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is an Encounter Co. podcast. Enjoy. This just in. Paranormal phenomena of almost biblical proportions have been sweeping the nation, causing mass hysteria among the populace. We all go a little mad sometimes. And I'm here to do the devil's work. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They mostly come at night. Mostly. Shh. Don't tap the glass. Oh shit, I have to introduce us. Okay. Okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm sorry. Great start. Everything's Everything is Sorry. awesome. Hopefully I didn't just bust your eardrums out. Nah, you should be fine. I hope you did in the edit. That'd I, hope, be great. I hope in the edit I have it turned all the way up because we were being so quiet before. <laughs> and then and you just like, get... Everything is... <laughs> and then my ears bleed. And then you're going to remember this moment where I'm like... Because you're going to be cussing me out for a minute and then be like, I asked. Nah. Who's going to kill you? Nah. Anyway. Welcome listeners to Don't Tap the Glass. Brandon's been up in Michigan for the past week. Mm-hmm. Loving it, every second of it. Every second of it. I'm I'm Luke. I'm your, I'm your token skeptic. Next to me is, is is Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hi. Hi, Brandon. Hi. How's it going? That's okay. Introduce yourself. Hi, Fuck I'm Brandon. Bastard. Brandon or Baron, whichever one you want. <laughs> Doesn't really matter to me. Oh boy, I'm Shelby. Hi. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, that's us. Yeah, Shelby and I believe in this stuff. Luke yeah, is skeptical. Yeah, there we go. I, that's where you were going. That's where with I was the going with skeptic it. thing. Yeah, Shelby and I are truthers. Luke is, <laughs> yeah. Luke is a sheep. Again, we can't be saying that. Truth oh yeah. Out. Oh boy. <laughs> Edit please. Okay. Anyway, this week on "Don't Tap the Glass," mm. you stupid bitches. Uh. <laughs> please don't tap the glass. Bad things will happen. Anyway, don't tap the glass. Punch this it. This week we are doing <laughs> the Winchester Mystery House, <laughs> which Luke has, of course, no idea what that nope. is. Um, Baron does learn. to an extent. To an extent. Yeah, great. It's awesome. We're gonna get into <laughs> it because I think it's really cool. Um, we're gonna do the history of it first because I'm into history and I think it's cool just to know like the backstory of places. So. If you don't want to listen to it, just keep hitting the skip ahead button. (laughs) Um, So the Winchester Mystery House. Back in the day, there was a rifle that was called the Winchester Repeating Rifle, which was actually, if you get into the history of gunsmithing or gun creation weaponry, has its origins in other repeating rifles, which the businesses got sold a couple of times. And then a man named Oliver Winchester, who had a shirt company, um, bought uh, the company. I don't remember what it was called. I wrote it down. Don't remember it. Happens to the best of us. Um, anyway, he bought it and created the Winchester repeating rifle um, by modifying uh, some of the other rifles that he had bought the rights to. So he started out in t-shirts and went to guns. Yeah. And then he ended up closing the shirt That's company. That's a big jump. Yeah, it's a major jump. And then he ended up closing the shirt company and continuing to make one of the most popular rifles um, in U.S. Were history. They fun sold of his shirts. I don't <laughs> know. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm know. Listen, confused on the motivation there. Hey, could you imagine if Balenciaga? Can you imagine one how day? much money this mother trucker was making off of guns? Probably that's a lot. during the that's Civil fair. War. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Nobody was buying shirts in the during yeah. the Civil War. No, no, they were just hemming the bullet holes. Um, oh God! <laughs> multiple bullet holes with a repeating rifle. Anyway, <laughs> that got dark and morbid. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they sold between 1866 and I don't remember because I can't find it in my notes. Um, seven hundred thousand of these guns. Jesus, which was a lot because that was pre-winning of the west so that the the winchester repeating rifle was actually a favorite of some iconic western figures like buffalo bill uh annie oakley teddy roosevelt like you know all these people loved the gun 
Um, and then Mr. Oliver gave birth to his son, William Winchester. William Winchester did take over the company. Um, he became the treasurer of it, uh, married a young lady who is the center of our story. And her name was Sarah Pardee and then Sarah Pardee Winchester. Uh, yes. Ooh. Mother of she... Sam and Dean Winchester. <laughs> That's Mary. Same thing. And Mary was Mary was Mary was married to John. Same thing. Winchester. You know, now that I'm thinking about that, we're about to digress a second. People. Um, <laughs> speaking of, do you think that they did that because, like, no, that's a dumb question. Never mind. Edit oh no, I have to hear it no, now. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> because they're both bi- biblical names, Mary and John. Probably. Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh-uh. Or they're just like the most American names ever. They yeah. are very. They are both very combo. Combo. Good combo of both. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. Very English names. Really? Um, so Miss Sarah um was also her nickname was Sally. Oh. Uh she was called Sally a lot. She was a total of four feet ten inches tall and ninety-five pounds. God, of pure yes. unadulterated awesomeness. <laughs> of yeah. pure gunpowder. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Sarah Winchester was a total of four feet, ten inches tall. Uh, so she was a tiny little lady. She was 95 pounds. She and her husband, William, were only a few years apart. They grew up in the same hometown. So the theory is, is that they were probably knew each other from a very young age. Um, and Miss Sarah was a little smarty pants she was fluent or sorry proficient in four languages um and she was apparently a a possible child genius in math and science oh my god yeah so yeah she she was awesome um her and her husband did have an interest in architecture technology um new advanced new advancements all that fun stuff so Unfortunately, Sarah did have a child in 1866 who unfortunately passed away shortly after at the age of six weeks old. Oh, man. um, From a disease. Well, it was probably a secondary disease and it was called marasmus. So marasmus is actually um, malnutrition that's often found in third world countries. Gotcha. So there's... (laughs) Why are you laughing hysterically in the corner? I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I'm just thinking, for some reason, my brain's just been so punny lately. What'd you say the name of the disease was? Marasmus. I could be pronouncing that's, that's, it that's, totally That's what wrong. you would ask a prostitute. More ass, miss. Oh my. Ay, yo mio. But anyway, this lady you died said from that a tragedy. You cannot take it back. <laughs> that's tragic. That's that's very tragic. That that's that's very sad. Hey, dear listener, Luke just said that after hearing about how a child died at six weeks of age, oh, um, and then completely alienated. I got I got stuck on more ass, miss. <laughs> if Twitter is still alive and kicking by the time this episode drops, get on there and I'm sorry. Tell him how mean he I'm is. Sorry. Don't actually. He's actually a very sensitive, nice soul. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just make stupid jokes at the wrong times. <laughs> okay, at least you didn't call anybody a heifer today. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're not. We're not getting into things I said when I was twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so this baby died yeah. by uh, not uh, by having a very skinny prostitute. <laughs> no. Okay, that's my head cannon. We're back to head cannoning history. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so um. They're assuming there was obviously some type of like infection or maybe a birth defect that was happening because there's no reason that this baby should have died of malnutrition mm. being born into one of the richest families in the world you yeah. think, at the time. Um, yeah. So horribly sad. And then between. So this is like the Bill Gates of the time. Uh, the Gates family of the time. Yeah. I should say. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. She even with all would, the resources and would, stuff that they yeah. had, they still couldn't. That's wild. Yeah, that's 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 pretty well, crazy. I mean, look at people with health issues even nowadays. Yeah. Mr. William unfortunately passed away at the ripe old age of forty-three years old Jeez. from tuberculosis. Oof. So he died March seventh of eighteen eighty-one. 
Between March 7th of 1881 and the following spring, she lost her husband, her father-in-law, and her eldest sister. So she was having a real rough time. Wow. Were they all TB or just the... You know, I don't know. I know, I know he that was, was super though. common back in the mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Well, it was in- it's insanely contagious. Yeah. So yeah. she did then found a hospital for tuberculosis in his name mm. shortly after that. Mm. Um, and there was a bunch of other places that were yeah. renamed after him as well. So this all happened in Connecticut. She also developed at a very young age rheumatoid arthritis, which for those of you who don't know, is not just like old age overuse arthritis. It's actually like a genetic mm. really bad thing. And remind me, but that's like the... Uh... The deterioration of like joints and ligaments, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's really nasty and it hurts a lot. So this poor little tiny lady has just had a horrible life. Well, she, some good, some bad. She's had, she's having a rough patch. She's having a very, very rough patch. <laughs> so they were only married for not even 20 years, 19 years at the time of his death, which is really sad because she ended up living well into her 80s. So she lived a very long time, partly supposedly because she shortly after his death and after the death of her father-in-law and her eldest sister, legend says there's no actual proof of this, but that she went to see a medium in order to contact um, her husband and maybe her daughter and her some other lost loved ones. Supposedly, the medium channeled um, William, her husband, and he said that all of this bad luck was due to all of the deaths caused by the Winchester repeating rifles. Oh, okay. And that the only way to appease these spirits was to never stop construction on a house. Was to never stop construction on a house. Yep. <laughs> that's a pretty bizarre way to like appease spirits. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Your, that's what I was thinking your too. Your family line is single handedly responsible for creating weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. Here's how you solve it start building a house and don't stop. Just don't Build stop. Build a mega mansion. Supposedly it was so that way, uh, if she did ever stop, then they would like come after her again and tragedy would visit her uh, again. Supposedly. So. so it was like sort of like a, like a, just a punishment for her in general. Yeah. 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 So messed up. she ends up moving to California partially on the uh, recommendation of her doctor who discovered the rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. and said, hey, you need to move to a warmer, drier place, not Connecticut. <laughs> um, so she moves to California, buys uh, what was a ranch and pretty much immediately starts remodeling. Um I did some research and there was some conflicting stuff to where some of her family was already out there. Mm. She invited her family out there and then they moved after her, that sort of thing. But um, she did have her niece move in with her, Marion, at some point. So she started construction on the house. She hired two architects, basically immediately let them go because uh, I don't know why. Maybe they weren't doing what she wanted (laughs) or wasn't able to go and publish it the way she wanted. Um, she did hire a construction crew, immediately started remodeling the house, adding ho- adding rooms, adding floors, uh, tearing stuff down, redoing it. So the house originally had eight rooms. At the time of her death, there was... You know, I wrote my notes. I what you think the number is. And as I wrote them, they were super tidy. I'm, I'm going to make a guess. Oh, found it. 26. I'm going to guess like 15. Rooms? Yeah, how many rooms? Oh, you guys are so off. How many? 160 rooms. God damn. Started with eight. How big is this house now? The house, I don't remember what it was originally, but it now, as it stands, is 24,000 square feet. There are 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways, 17 chimneys. There's also 47 fireplaces and only seven, 17 chimneys, if I'm remembering right, That's, which is weird. Well, that makes Strange. sense. Because you can have two fireplaces on either side of a wall and have them connect to the same chimney. Oh, you're right. Yes, but you have to remember that this house is a literal labyrinth. That's fair. Or like, it could be like 
at a and one room has seven heat sources so it's not just chimneys there's also like radiators and stuff too, in yeah. this house they yeah. can also have like uh fireplaces on like the first floor and then if there's a second floor above that you can have another fireplace above that connected to the same chimney mm, we yeah. had that at our old house that's true yeah i forgot about that yeah, that old house was weird. Anyway, yeah. So, and what's interesting about the the building of this house is that that a lot of people focus on are like the doors that lead to a wall or a staircase that ends in a ceiling or doors that lead to outside with no balcony. So you just would drop oh down. Oh my God. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird stuff and there's like windows that go into other rooms and stuff. And some of this is probably because obviously she was always doing construction that, um, i was gonna say be- how much experience did she have in uh well i mean no her family was like architecture people right well like they were interested in okay, architecture yeah. they never really did gotcha. anything so, so lack of experience some of it could have been from mistakes that were made and stuff like that but what's interesting as well is that a lot of the stuff is built on sevens and thirteens so like you'll walk into a room and there'll be 13 panels or 13 coat hooks. Mm. Yeah. That's and then like the staircases and stuff. Um, so like they took out a lot of the regular staircases because she was so small and had arthritis. She had a limited range of motion. Um, they would take out the regular staircases and put in what they call now easy risers that were only a couple inches tall. Mm. But because of that, they'd have to do like switchbacks, like up a level, switch back, oh, up a level, switch yep. back, go back and forth to get all the way up to the next floor. And they add up to either seven or 13, including like the steps themselves, like will add up to certain That's certain really numbers, weird. like seven. I, and 13. Get, yeah. I get like the significance of seven. You know, it's like a holy number sort of a thing. Uh-huh. But, but 13. Uh-huh. I want to say 13 is two. Is it? 13 is two. Yeah. Uh, yes. The 13 breaks a stone. Ten commandments. No, you never what? seen that. <laughs> I you, have. you know what I'm talking oh, about. I do. You know what I'm talking about. You're a G. Is that VeggieTales? No. Oh. <laughs> that that's too meta for veggie <laughs> Um yeah, so there's a lot of but what also is interesting about the Winchester Mystery House is because she was so interested in technology and advancements and architecture is that there's a there was a lot of um really cool plumbing stuff in this house and communication things in this house that hadn't been seen as of yet. So it could be she, you know, was just trying all these new stuff and some of it worked and some of it didn't. Mm -hmm. Like there was a, uh, there was a note somewhere, supposedly, I don't know for sure. Um, but there was a note that they had found that she had given to one of the construction workers saying that, Hey, we have to tear this whole thing out because of safety reasons with the plumbing. Not exactly sure why she, as far as we know, there's no diary. There's no anything that she kept a log of, anything like that, huh. that they've found. So unfortunately, even if she did, after she died, her niece, who had been helping her um, take care of the estate and her finances, uh, basically sold everything off um, almost immediately. Um, the first person to tour the house after the house was sold was five months after she died. So like somebody had bought it, did whatever they wanted to the house and then started having tours in the house five months after Sarah died. So mm. it was a very quick turnover. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's really fast. Going back to yeah. uh, the number 13 because my brain gets stuck on stuff very easily. Yeah. Uh, 13 is considered to be a karmic or very unlucky number in both biblical context and just numerology in general. Judas, the disciple who portrayed Jesus, was the 13th to sit at the table. Oh. That's cool. That's interesting. Fun bit of biblical fact for you there. And then seven, is seven perfection or completion? I think it's completion. Took seven days to complete the earth. I can't remember if it's it's seven or three. Is it both? Three is just like like the trinity. Because also, so so it's seven, 11, and 13 are really important numbers in numerology. Mm Mm-hmm. Which there's 11 in, in the Winchester house too, but not as Whoa. prominent as 7 and 13. So there also was supposedly a seance room Ooh. held in the heart of the house. Um, just just, heart just, being just the keeping up of the with house. the spirits being like, hey, am I still doing a good job? We still chill? <laughs> no. So so why she would do it is every night between midnight and 2 a.m., she the bell would toll at midnight and it would chime, supposedly, it would chime 13 times to call the spirits into the seance room and she would discuss with the spirits, you know, what's next in construction. Oh, what do we want to do next? No wonder there was so much fuckery going on in this house. It was a bunch of ghosts that were in charge of construction. Yeah. Oh, more windows. Okay. Got you more windows. Mm-hmm. And then at 2 a.m. The bell would again toll at 13, 13 times mm-hmm. to 
release the spirits from the seance room. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And supposedly back during this time, seances weren't actually all that uncommon to try and contact your loved ones that had passed on. Hmm. Um, But so we don't know if she was actually doing that or if she was having seances. Hmm. It's unfortunately hard to know because Sarah Winchester was very much a recluse. She hardly ever went out in public. Hmm. Part of that was probably because she was in pain all the time. Yeah. So she did have a room that, like I think I mentioned earlier, had seven heat sources in it. Some of them were fireplaces. Some of them were radiators. And it was told that she would often go to this room to sit in the heat and it would help ease the pain of her arthritis. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff. And you know that she, you know, really loved like her family. And that's one of the reasons why she never remarried or anything like that is because the only thing after she passed away that was found in her safe was a lock of her baby's hair, a lock of her husband's hair, and their wills. Mm. The interesting thing about Mrs. Winchester's will is that it was written in 13 sections and signed 13 times. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of 13s and all that fun stuff. There's also a section of the house called the Witch's Cap. It's the highest point in that current highest point in the house, if I remember right. Uh, It's also the most haunted room in the house. So the house itself is quite a labyrinth. There's a bunch of hallways. Um, Some of the weirdness of the stairways ending into ceilings and doorways leading into walls, that sort of thing, could also be attributed to um, the earthquake that happened. It actually destroyed many of the top floors of the house, as well as a seven-story tower. And supposedly when the earthquake happened, it also trapped Mrs. Winchester in her room and they had to pry it open with a pry bar and get her out because there was no way out for her. Luckily, she was, as far as I'm aware of, she was okay. Um, But yeah, there was a whole lot of history with this house. And there's also a rumor that um, she held a ball and hired an orchestra or a band and everything and Mm -hmm. uh, names were announced and nobody would come in. They just kept announcing, the butler just kept announcing names. Ghost ball. Yeah, basically. What the hell? And supposedly the band left super early and was just like, yeah, no peace out (laughs) and never came back. Yeah. So like there's a lot of rumor involved in this and some of that could be, you know, petty gossip and stuff, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't explain like the numerology to it. Right, right. So if you look at the Winchester Mystery House, everything adds up to the number 22. The 20 and 22 mm. is the rarest number in numerology, if I'm remembering correctly. And it stands for the master architect. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So there's lots of sightings of a ghost possibly named Clyde, who Clyde. was a former Aww. caretaker of the estate. Oh. Basically, the theory that a lot of paranormal investigators have is that this is like a train station for, for the paranormal. Oh, um, it was it's like a either... Western spirited away. <laughs> Yo, am I wrong? You're not. I never thought of that. God, oh, I would love to see that movie. Hear me out. Oh, my word. A Western spirited away. Oh, that'd be amazing. God, and with the whole cowboy theme Exactly. To it. You get Jesus. a bunch of ruffian cowboys that got like shot up and like duels and shit yeah. coming through telling their stories. Uh-huh. That'd be, that'd be sick as fuck. I feel like eventually all the stories would kind of just blend together. Well, what happened to you? Duel. Let me guess in front of a, in front of a saloon. How'd you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> history repeats itself. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of theories that, of course, you know, like we had mentioned towards the beginning, that she kept doing construction beca- to keep this the spirits appeased so that way tragedy would not visit her, her family again. Yeah. Um, but the other theory is that she basically made a super highway safe space for spirits. Mm. Um, obviously, the third theory being that supernatural isn't real none of this is real <laughs> and that she was just a very intelligent woman who made mistakes in made construction and, yeah and for some reason built everything on 7-eleven 13 like hmm hmm okay 7-eleven hmm. yeah 11 is another number is, that pops up just not as often as 7 and 13 is like the top dog in the gas station game just a numerology ploy you know that could be that's why Listen, Seven Eleven overseas. Seven Eleven in Japan is amazing. Ooh, oh yeah. yes, you can get everything there. It's awesome. They have the best food. Just get straight up sushi. Like that's like better than anything you'll get in America at a Seven Eleven over there. For those of you who don't know what numerology is, numerology is just basically the study of 
numbers and frequencies in relation to people and events. Um, everything in the world is connected by numbers that have a spiritual meaning. It's similar to astrology, but instead of like planets and stars mm-hmm. and cosmos, uh, it's related to numbers. And the number 22 stands for the master architect, mm-hmm. architect and it is the most powerful number in numerology. Yeah. Huh. So, What is the master architect? That's a great question. I knew the answer to this. So Let's growing see. up, I'm just uh, recapping the story as like I've heard it from you. Child prodigy gets married, loses first kid, loses husband, ends up moving to California and just starts building a house and never stops yeah. with a lot of these numerological uh, consistencies within it. Yeah. I don't think it'd be too far fetched to say that she's kind of went a little cuckoo after losing probably the most important things in her life. Yeah. That is another theory, too. She kept the smartness. But went off the a walls little a little bit. Kept like the intellect, but lost the logic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it. Maybe. Sorry, I, I just remembered that my name tag was resident skeptic, so I figured I had to throw that in there. No, no, <laughs> I mean that's that's fair. Figured it was my job. The master number twenty-two is also called master builder or the master architect. It holds so much power that it can turn big dreams <gasps> into reality if worked upon. It very ser- sincerely. It's like the Lego movie. The original Hebrew alphabet consists of 22 letters, representing everything from creation to eternity. Ooh. Huh. Circles also prominently refer to the numerology number 22, and thus it represents the totality of creation. Mm. This is the same reason why this number can make people the most successful as well. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this number carries a very high amount of nervous energy, even for the master numbers. Therefore, the powers are unlimited, unlimited yet orderly. Ooh. Hence the seven and thirteens, mm. uh, possibly. And they are intuitive and yet a bit rational. Those affiliated with this number imbibe great qualities of being confident, idealists, leaders, and exhibit quite big plans and ideas while implementing their work. Hmm. So do you think that she used the number 22? So the the number 22 isn't a number that she used. That is actually her number. So how you find out your number is, if I remember right, your birthday and your name. Explain. Is it like the number of the day you were born yeah, and it's the number the, of letters in your name? It's, sort of yeah, because each letter represents a number. How does that work? Oh. How to find your... I think I remember learning about this once way, way, way back when. Number. This will be a fun little thing to like end the episode on as we uh-huh. find our numerology I, I was numbers. Kinda, I kind of want to, yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah, basically you take your date of birth's numerical value, add all those digits together by category, and keep adding what? It, it stopped. So like if mine was December 3rd, 1999. I would add. I would add. Free numerology calculator. Perfect. <laughs> Even better. What month were you born? December? Is that you said? Yeah. Okay. What year? 1999, baby. This huh? is going to have something to do with leadership. Oh, don't you There are five time. elements that form the core of your chart and that most massively impact your life. They are the life path, birthday number, soul urge, expression, and personality number. And by intimately understanding your numbers, you'll uncover many fascinating truths about who you are, how others perceive you, and the unique opportunities that lay ahead. The most important number in your numerology chart is your life path. It reveals your most fulfilling life direction and the major lessons you're here to learn. It highlights the specific opportunities and challenges you'll encounter and your unique personality traits that will help you on your journey. Okay, we get Your it. life path is calculated by simply adding up the digits of your date of birth. Your life path number is a seven. This tells me a lot about you. You are mystical, intuitive, and sensitive. You have a quiet power and garner the utmost respect from those around you. You have extraordinary wisdom, like you've lived a thousand lifetimes and seen Both Shelby and I are nodding our heads vigorously right now. Achievement. I'm meditating. You have a clear and compelling sense of self and a deep yearning to understand the unknown. You are an yeah. analytic capable of great concentration and give practical insight and advice. You enjoy your privacy and prefer to work alone, but have great confidence. <laughs> the face you're making! I'm in this picture and I don't like it. Sage-like wisdom with those around you. At times, you're accused of being a lone wolf, someone who lives by their own ideas and methods. But it's only because you are fascinated by life's little mysteries and are constantly seeking answers. You have the rare gift of using creative insight to solve even the trickiest problems. Continue to do this and you'll effortlessly achieve your full life path potential. Next, let's look at what is known as your expression. 
This is What's another extremely important element in your numerology chart, as it highlights your natural talents and abilities, many you likely didn't know you had. It's often called the destiny number because it reveals a great deal about Ooh. your potential and what you're meant to accomplish in this we lifetime. Seven again. While your life path is calculated using your date of birth, your expression is calculated by analyzing the letters of your full name at birth. Mm. Why your name? It represents the inheritance of your personal history up to the moment of your birth. Huh. Each letter and corresponding number. The first thing, of course, I think is generational trauma. <gasps> <gasps> That's very valid. That is so valid. Your name at birth is said to be the blueprint of your potential. To get a free personalized expression reading based on your full name, please enter it above. Oh, you gotta enter it. You oh. gotta enter. I, I thought I was about to be like, please pay $5.99. Your expression number is calculated by adding up all the digits that correspond to the letters of your birth name. Oh, it's kind of fun. It shows the you the math. Too. Alphabet. Huh. It can be a bit time consuming to do the math by hand, so I took the liberty of calculating and interpreting your expression number for you. Nice. Based on my calculations, your expression number is seven. And after Ooh. getting to know you a bit better, <laughs> it's really no surprise. Seven is the number of spirit. You have the most mystical expression of them all. You are a truth seeker. Tend to delve deeply into the secrets of nature. And truth seeker. Did you hear truth him say seeker. that? He's so it. You're creative and philosophical, Welcome which makes you a natural hour. visionary and teacher. <laughs> your greatest internal gift is the ability to see the big picture while staying true to your purpose. Your wisdom and presence are the keys to your success, so keep it up. You've probably found that failure only knocks at your door when you spend too much time focusing on trivial details. Others often see you as too philosophical or intellectually superior. While this can make the social aspects of life brain. a little bit difficult, you, <laughs> I'm you so big brain. It intimidates people. From you to gain valuable insight and experience. This garners you much admiration and respect from your peers. You have a rare gift of teaching others in a very positive and uplifting way. Yes. Continue to seek answers and keep your materialistic and spiritual viewpoints in harmony, and you'll be able to achieve anything you set your mind to. Please know that there is still so much left to explore in your unique numerology chart. So, so it's far... Like, enter some... Uh, <laughs> but seriously, though, so far, it has card. you pegged. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, seven and seven, which I think is kind of funny. That's great. Wise above your years. Arguable. You have a mystical mind-reading ability that it somewhat states in the first part. Yeah. Like, you're able to just... You're able to read people before they can even read themselves sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. A lot of times. As you've seen firsthand on this trip. That I have. The only times you see failure is when you get too self-analytical. Also true. Yeah. I might be in a numerology. Only, only uh, old uh, Sally Winchester had to do that all, all that shit by hand. <laughs> that, we just had a phone app. All that calculating. Should we just go back through for both of you in that same thing until he wants our email? <laughs> that sounds fun. Let's that do sounds that. Fun. Let's do so it. I, got, I got seven and seven. You did. It's pretty interesting. I think I'm going to have a four and a two. I was going to say four, eight. Four, eight? She is six, two. Six, two. Six, two, four, eight. That's what I'm calling. I don't even know what they mean. Me neither. All the even numbers. Luke, the most important number in your numerology chart is your life path. It reveals your most fulfilling life direction and the major right, lessons you're here to learn. Hit me with it, it highlights the specific opportunities and challenges you'll encounter and your unique personality traits that will help you on your journey. You love travel, adventure, variety, and meeting new people. You possess travel, the curiosity of a cat and long to experience life to the fullest. Hurry. You make friends easily, and your personality is magnetic. I do make friends Unlike easily. Unlike most, you thrive during change and are not easily ruffled in times of uncertainty. You love to be involved in several different projects and activities at once yes. and are always on the lookout for new adventures. Your flexibility and adaptability are keys to your success. You crave freedom above all else and are willing oh to do gosh. whatever it takes not to be tied down. Oh my You're gosh. often accused of being too impulsive, extreme, or a wild child, but it's only because you have such a vibrant, free spirit. That's not a wild You've likely child, experienced yeah. more in the past five years than many people have in their entire lifetimes. Bro. You have the rare gift of uplifting and motivating others through your rich experiences and words of wisdom. Continue to do this, True. and you'll effortlessly achieve your full life path potential. Next... Let's look at what oh, is known shucks. as your expression. Birthday Skip buttons. Wish there was. It was right about pretty much everything, except for the change. Not. I mean, I think. I think I do. 
very well in abrupt change scenarios it's like after the fact that i get uh, you know yeah like especially if like it's something like tragedy or like something that i gotta be like your brain goes bzz, bzz. my brain goes bzz, bzz, big big time which which helps in like uh very intense scenarios but it's like after the fact you know like just to give a dumb example a few many years ago uh we shelby and i had a few dogs that got into an encounter with a porcupine mm. and they had quills all up in their face their mouth and like down their throat jeez and i was like i was pretty calm and collected throughout the whole thing i was just holding the flashlight for dad so he could rip them all out but then afterwards i just start bawling <laughs> yeah um listeners remember that we live in the middle of nowhere uh, yeah. a couple hours from the nearest well probably hour from the nearest emergency clinic oh yeah and we had three dogs porcupine quills down their throat at 11 o'clock at night so yeah yeah we did that take the, them to that the was our best option we did take them to the vet the next day and get them antibiotics, but sorry, yeah, I should have clarified. Us. That's crazy though. So yeah, I get I get what it means, I think, by like I'm adaptive to change and whatnot. But I think there's a difference between being able to adapt and then thriving in it. That's fair. I thrive in it. You do thrive in it. I do not. Trauma response. Okay. Ready? Ready? Oh, yes. I gotta turn it back up. Alright, yeah. What's my uh, what's my next one? Hey again. I'm so glad you decided to stick around and get your personalized expression reading based on your full name at birth. Luke, based on my calculations, your expression number is one. And after getting to know you a bit better, it's really no surprise. One is the number of a natural leader. You are assertive, ambitious, and always ready to answer the call of duty. Determination and courage are your strongest inner gifts. You've probably found that failure only knocks at your door when you don't rely on your own abilities. You achieve this success by acting in a bold, forthright, and opportunistic fashion, so keep it up. You're incredibly confident, which can sometimes rub people the wrong way. While those Uh, with a lower uh, sense of self uh. may see you as selfish or egotistical at first, your unwavering loyalty and level-headedness makes you quick to diffuse any tension and inspire those around you to step up and succeed. You understand that a rising tide raises all ships. Continue to celebrate and appreciate others' achievements, and it's almost guaranteed that you'll attract enormous success in your life. Luke, please know that there is still so much left to explore in your unique numerology chart. And if you'll allow me, I'd like to give you even... (laughs) So that one was a lot less accurate, I'd say. You'd say? I'd say so. I think the uh, like the overbearing confidence and ego was a little off. Yeah. Yeah. You, one could argue also the leadership thing. I personally I don't think I'm a very good leader, but I've been told otherwise. I think you're very administrative. That's fair. Which can be uh, just natural leadership. But I think like especially with with our uh, company or network, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you're very good at keeping like keeping the books in order. That's the yeah. I'm I'm probably one of the better ones at keeping the books in order for the company, which is a scary thought. <laughs> no, but to, you're to me. I think you're just naturally gifted at it. Like I could ask you at any point, "Hey, Luke, when's the next record?" And you'd be like, "Uh, it's this Sunday, four thirty p.m. We're recording this and this. And we have to do pickups for this." And it's like, sure, okay. It is weird how I remember that stuff. I don't. Out of all the things that I remember in life, I don't know what day of the week today is. I don't remember what I had for breakfast. When's our next record? Tonight at uh, 7.30 and then again on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Tonight we're doing Table Talk in a one shot. Tomorrow we're doing Table Talk for another episode. Exhibit A, listeners. <laughs> Exhibit fucking A. <laughs> Shelby, let's get your let's get your spirit numbers or whatever they're called. I forgot. I am also a seven. Whoa. Wait, like a seven seven flat? What? Like, like, like two, sevens? two sevens? Like oh, I don't know. Or just one seven? Okay. I don't know. But mine's a seven. So the beginning so is the exact same I'm as Brandon's. 51. So we might as well. Whoa. Thanks for <laughs> Shelby, based on my calculations, your expression number is eight. And after Whoa. getting to know you a bit better, it's really no surprise. Eight is the number of achievement. You're likely to achieve success more easily mm. than anyone else. You're a managerial and organizational genius with strong yes. intellect and determination. Your greatest gift is your confidence and ability to move the needle quickly. You Very probably so. found that failure only Thanks. knocks at your door when others get in the way of your objectives. People often look to you for motivation and direction, and these are keys to your own success, so keep it up. Because you move faster than most, you get easily frustrated by delays or inaction, and He's often so take on more me. work in order to compensate. <laughs> oh! In order to avoid stress, remember to slow down and take a step back from time to time. Funnel that abundant energy into yourself and your relationships, and watch the tension and resistance fade away. 
you have a rare gift of achieving outstanding results. Continue to temper your discipline and ambition with patience and compassion, and you'll experience thrill, happiness, and success in all you do. Shelby, please know that there is still so much left. That reading so bent you out. over and pegged you. Stop calling her out, boy. I feel so called out. So what did we learn from this? Going around the room. Luke, you are... Egotistical. An egotistical leader. Okay, but... I'm a wizard, Harry. Some of it had you pretty good. Some of it, uh, yeah, I will agree. Some of it had me good. And honestly, if you had been raised in a different scenario, I would be a lot more egotistical, yes. I can agree. I can also agree. But it did definitely pin you down as like the administrative, like thinker brain kind of person. Which I think is funny because like they probably, that website probably doesn't get many people like you. Because typically, like those, like administrative thinker brain people, are much more skeptical. It's true. But uh, but I'm the token skeptic. I know that's what he's saying. That the site probably doesn't get very many of you because oh, they're okay. Because skeptical. people like skeptical. you okay, probably gotcha, never gotcha, gotcha. even looked that up. Yeah, no, I would have never gone on that website if it wasn't for the show. That Do makes sense. Funny that Shelby's and I are so close. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see that. We're, can we're see seven that. seven and seven eight. Mm-hmm. Like we're very very close. It's yeah. just you're more. What was it like? Like success driven, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and impatient, very much so. yeah, yes. And I was the uh, he they called <laughs> it like said the that sage. A little quick there, buddy. <laughs> no, I said that the appropriate amount of quick. Oh, oh, I believe. Okay, okay, okay. Just checking. <laughs> I actually gave you a little bit, so it didn't come off harsh. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty. That was pretty. So there you have it. Luke's an accountant. I'm a wizard, <laughs> and Shelby is successful. <laughs> yeah. Together we are. Don't. Sad. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that took a turn. I was going to say, don't tap the class. T- I mean, accurate, but that took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sad right now. Yeah, yeah I'm good. okay right now. Yeah, me too. Okay. Oh, no. No, I feel like the sad's coming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I've been stuck on something with this lady's house since you mentioned it. Uh-huh. What's up with the windows that just go to other rooms? Is it like that's the only way in and out of that room is a window? No, there's also doors. So it could just be just like... That part of the, that wall used to lead to that window used to see outside, but then they added another room next oh, really? like, on top yeah, of it. Yeah, it could be. But like sometimes like if you watch like some videos of like tours and stuff, mm-hmm. like it's clearly like interior wall and door mm. and there's just a window into Isn't the room. Isn't there a thing about like spirituality and glass, like in particular, like mirrors and mirrors, windows? Yes. Mirrors, yes. Windows, not really as far as I'm aware, unless it's in a certain configuration. Yeah. Or has a certain intent put upon it. Hmm. There's also a theory that Mirrors, I heard. Most definitely. About how uh, the only reason that ghosts pass through walls when they're like haunting a specific house is that like that was the path that the house used to have before it got reconstructed sort of a thing. Yeah, sometimes huh. that's the case. Not always. So maybe though. that could be part of it. Yeah, sometimes that's the case. But yeah, so the Winchester Mystery House has a buttload of activity. Really? Mm-hmm. Any like recent... Uh, happenings recent happenings I mean it's every day like there's always something like if you close certain doors the doors will open back up there's um, residual spirits that are just basically like on a loop Mm. Um, there's shadow people there's intelligent spirits that will like communicate with you supposedly as paranormal research has shown stuff like that Um, supposedly Sarah herself is there and people have seen her and spoken to her um, especially in her room area. Does she respond? Yeah, she doesn't always. She doesn't always respond, like in the things that I've seen to like spirit boxes. Okay. Um, like intelligently, but she will answer with like um, flashlights, music boxes, mm. that sort of thing. Um, like she'll step in front of the music box to answer things, but then when she's done, she's done. Like mm. you don't get her back, kind of thing. So we should try to get an interview with a ghost. Um, so there is something that I really want to try called the Estes method, which is basically interviewing a ghost. So do you know what the Estes method is? No. That surprises me. Um, so the Estes method is where one person has a spirit box and you turn it up really loud on headphones and then they are also blindfolded. And then another person. So a lot of people do it where because you have to have two people, obviously. Oh, yes. You told me about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the other person will ask the one who's not listening to the spirit box isn't blindfolded will ask the questions so we'll probably end up doing an episode on the Estes method because it's very interesting um, the the origins of it uh, came from I can't remember what the hotel is but the hotel with that Stephen King went to and wrote The Shining 
That's what it was. Mm. Yeah. Um, is in Estes Valley, Estes Park, something like that. Oh. Anyway. So, yeah. the Estes method. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, they'll sit right next to each other and people are like, oh, well, they can, they're clearly just answering what you're saying. What's the, uh, the something city paranormal? Charm City Paranormal. They, they go in separate it. rooms. They, yeah. Okay. That, I love that's what Charm that is? City. Yeah. I love Charm City Paranormal. Okay. And a lot of times, even with the people who are in the same room, like you can hear on the exterior microphones, you can hear the chatter from the spirit box. Ooh. That's how loud it is in the headphones. So like, there's no way they can hear you for the most part. Um, but yeah, Charm City Paranormal, um, they do it. Ethan and Ethan and um, Mike, they go in separate rooms and they do it that way. Okay, I'm going to put it to a vote now. Whenever we do the Estes method, Luke has to be the one with the headphones. So uh, we can try that. If you watch a lot of them, you'll notice, like, especially if, like, one person will wear the headphones and then same room, same session, basically, then the other person wears the headphones. Sometimes with certain people people you'll get a lot more response or intelligent answers and they like you more yeah they like you more or maybe you're more sensitive to it stuff like that so that's just my theory on it but yeah if i was the one asking the questions and you were the ones with the headphones on yeah because then they're answering you yeah Yeah, they're answering me yeah it's very interesting because like sometimes they'll even like get it down to the color of clothing you're wearing (laughs) yeah and i watched um somebody did a an interview with the creator of the estes method and he's like, you know, make sure you're asking not like general questions, like, you know, try to do some pinpointed questions to try and get answers that correlate. So, you know, if you're talking to a spirit and it's really cool because sometimes um, they'll do you'll, you'll hear like two ghosts or two spirits, two entities, whatever, arguing with each other. Whoa. Yeah. And that's like the answers that you're getting is like they're arguing with each other. Yeah. And dual Estes is really cool because you'll have like two people with the spirit box and headphones on and they don't hear the same thing and they'll be answering like the same questions and it'll be two different spirits. And sometimes it's the same spirit. They just pick somebody that they like more Mm. and they'll transfer over to that person. So, yeah, no, it's really cool. I really, really, really want to do it. That would be so much fun. Yeah. I'd be interested. It's a type of channeling, but it... To me, it seems like a much safer channel yeah. because you're not they're ta- they're moving through the spirit box, not through you. Yeah. You're hearing them and yeah. then you're just saying what you hear rather mm-hmm. than letting them. Yeah. Enter. Use you as a. Yeah. Host. Because if it is something dark or no. demonic, you definitely don't want to open yourself up to that. Right. Yeah. You can take headphones off. It's a bit harder to pull a demon out of you. Yeah. And like he was even saying like how the the creator of the Estes Method was like, you know, this is how you need to get them out of it and not scare the shit out of them. And basically everybody gets who hadn't heard that. They're like, oh, yeah, that's how we wake them up on accident is we, you know, touch them and they freak out because they get so deep into it. It's like a trance almost. You get into like a trance because you're just listening to the and listening for voices to come through. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that, you know, if you if you watch a lot of the Estes methods and because you can do or not just Estes, but just spirit box sessions where Uh they don't have headphones in. If you're getting the same ghost in, it will sound it will have like the same voice. And it literally goes so fast that between channels it's going. And sometimes you will get a sentence. You can't get that in a <laughs> like there's not enough yeah. time yeah yeah so it's pretty cool it's pretty cool nice yeah i really want to try it so yeah they have a really they have a really successful supposedly that there's a history of really successful estes methods um and like if they ask ghosts or if they try to talk to the spirits through the spirit box estes whatever uh you know the emf you know all that fun stuff um they a lot of a lot of ghosts will will mention or indicate that it, it is a, a basically a, a super highway for ghosts kind of thing mm. and that it's a safe place for ghosts and spirits and stuff huh yeah so I wonder why they would need a safe place <laughs> uh, sorry i have a face i just made yeah. a face <laughs> the reason why ghosts need a safe space well, okay this is probably a dumb correlation but it's the easiest one that i can think of bleach so things like hollows yeah i mean there's big bad so, like, things demons. out there yeah that prey on weaker energies so like if you watch a lot of paranormal so like you know my 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 uh my fellow paranormal fans out there um you know if you've watched a lot of uh, a lot of paranormal research you know you get a lot of trapped he's keeping me here that sort mm-hmm. of thing and a lot of times those places are correlated with a stronger dark entity huh gotcha i'm trying to be like ichigo in the afterlife there you yeah 
Hey man, it's, it's killer. Killer. I did. I, I did get two sevens. I mean, come you on. You did. You did. I am going for three. Mm-hmm. I'm going for gold, baby. Give me all five sevens. Yeah, that would be interesting. So I've seen pictures of like the stairways that just lead yeah. to the ceiling and the doors that open to a drop off. Like those are crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I, if I remember, whenever I first heard about the Winchester House, I remember reading somewhere where she made her house that confusing. Hmm. So that like some spirits couldn't find her mm-hmm. and would just leave her alone. Ooh, yeah, that, that is another theory. theory. Yeah. Like only she knew the layout of the house totally. Right. So yeah. like there are certain like rooms that are like hidden mm-hmm. that only she knew the way to. So like yeah. if she wanted to get away for a few minutes, she'd go back there and like the spirits would be lost in the house. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the house is like a maze. Like if you don't know where you're going and it's, you know, of course, you're, if you're doing it in the dark, I think even in the daylight, though, you could get turned around really easily. Because it's just yeah. a lot. I mean, it's 24,000 square feet. Yeah, that's huge. Wow, that's amazing. Sorry. I'll stay quiet. I wonder if my teeth clack was audible. I'm sure it was. I heard it over here. I heard, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's also a stables and stuff attached to it, too, which you can go read. Hey, I thought you weren't supposed to pick it. Stop oh, it. Sh- Called oh, no. out on microphone. Um, oh, no. He was picking the skin peeling off his tattoo. Yeah. It's okay. I've been doing this whole session. The, I know. The encounter table. Haha, I'm plugging for you. Um, the Encounter <laughs> Table podcast team all went and got matching tattoos. Yeah, yeah. I feel cool. I feel cool. Um, yeah, don't tap the glass. Bad things happen. And it scares fish. Don't tap the glass. True. Just don't. Just don't. True. It does scare fish. Yeah, because it's concussive. Whatever. Science don't use stuff. Ouija boards unless like you're like trained in that. <sighs> or just don't. Just don't. Yeah, if, if you, you are, just doing, don't. don't. You can... You want to mess with that stuff? You can mess with it just fine without a Ouija board. Boy. Boy. Atreus. Atreus. Boy. 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 What are those? (laughs) Atreus, you are not on fleek. You are on flunk. Ah. Boy. Give me the lamp. Atreus. Give me the lamp. I found your search history. What is a fursona? <laughs> I found your search history. <laughs> what is a BBW? <laughs> no. Boy. Why does your search history say twinks with daddy issues? <laughs> Boy. I am concerned. That what is, is the panel? <laughs> Oh no! No! 